Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Macabre for Mortals. I'm your host Claudia and this week we'll be building on last week's episode. So if you have not listened to that yet then pause this and go and listen to episode 5. This week we'll be discussing the subject of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I will go through what the symptoms are, what the, what causes it and how common it is. I'll then finish off the episode by covering a few cases that do surround this syndrome. Munchausen syndrome by proxy, or Munchausen by proxy, is a psychological disorder marked by attention-seeking behavior by a caregiver through those who are in their care. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is a relatively rare behavioral disorder. It affects a primary caregiver, often the mother, The person with the Munchausen syndrome by proxy gains attention by seeking medical help for exaggerated or made-up symptoms of a child in their care. As healthcare providers strive to identify what is causing the child's syndromes, the deliberate actions of the parent or caretaker can often make the symptoms worse. The person with the Munchausen syndrome by proxy does not seem to be motivated by a desire for any type of material gain. While healthcare providers are often unable to identify the specific cause of the child's illness, they may not suspect the parent or the caregiver of doing anything to harm the child. In fact, the caregiver often appears to be very loving and caring and extremely distraught over their child's illness. People with Munchausen syndrome by proxy may create or exaggerate a child's syndromes in several ways. They may simply lie about symptoms, alter tests, such as contaminating a urine sample, falsify medical records, or they may actually induce symptoms through various means, such as poisoning, suffocating, starving, or causing infection. My first crossing with Munchausen by proxy would be when I first saw the film The Sixth Sense, the one with Bruce Willis in. So big spoiler alerts here, but you've had a good, what, 21 years to see this film. So pause it and go and watch the film if you haven't. But this is my experience. This film was released in 1999 and one of the first, first thriller films that I would have seen as a child. In this film, a character called Mrs. Collins lived some miles outside of Philadelphia and was married to Mr. Collins and had two daughters with him, the oldest, which was named Kira. For about two years before the events of the film, Mrs. Collins began deliberately making her daughter Kira sick. She presumably suffered from Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which caused her to make her children sick in order to gain attention for herself. It's unknown what exactly caused her to tick and begin poisoning her daughters, or even if she made Kira sick in the first place. Sometime before the events of the film, Kira used a video camera to film a doll's house set that she had before her mother came in to give her lunch. The camera caught Mrs. Collins mixing Kira's soup with pine salt, a disinfectant agent, before Kira ate. Kira eventually succumbed to the illness her mother had caused her to have, and soon after she died. Her ghost began haunting the young boy in the film, a cold seer. Cole, 
with the help of his psychologist, Dr. Malcolm Crow, who is played by Bruce Willis, went to the town where Kira lived and died. During the funeral at the Collins' house, it was mentioned that Kira's younger sister was beginning to get sick. Kira's ghost gives Cole a wooden box, to which he gave to the grieving Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins opened the box, which contained the videotape that caught his wife poisoning the daughter. Mr. Collins confronted the wife shortly in utter horror after he and several others at the funeral had watched the tape. For most people who view this film, Mrs. Collins is considered to be the sole villa in the psychological thriller. As a mother myself, I couldn't imagine causing any harm to my child. When my son is sick and isn't well, it's the most devastating feeling. I was just discussing the other day that when he went to get his flu vaccination and he was not happy, he absolutely screamed. I had to do a ninja hold on him so he could have his injection. And even with that, I felt terrible having to hold him to ha- for him to have an injection of something that was going to benefit him. To think about harming your child when you're going to get some sort of gratification from it, it's just horrifying and disgusting. It leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. So what are the symptoms of Munchausen syndrome by proxy? There is considered to be certain characteristics that are common in people who do show the symptoms of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. This is usually that they are a parent or a caregiver and the cases that I will cover later will show that it is actually usually a mother, which as I just mentioned before, I find really shocking. There is also the possibility that they may actually be a healthcare professional There is a case of Beverly Allett, who was a nurse, who they did suspect that she might have some Munchausen syndrome by proxy, but I will cover her case at a later date, as I don't think that that is actually, I think she, no, to be fair to her, she probably did show some symptoms of it, but I don't think that was her whole reason. They're also um, very friendly and cooperative with healthcare professionals. They appear very concerned some may see seem overly concerned about their child and they may actually suffer from Munchausen syndrome themselves. They're the most common ones. Other possible warning signs is that the child has a history of many hospitalizations with a lot of strange sets of symptoms. So it's not things that are consistent with each other. The worsening of the child's symptoms is reported by the parent or the caregiver and not witnessed by the hospital staff. The child's reported condition and symptoms do not agree with the results of the tests and there may be more of one unusual illness or death of children in the family. So what would cause Munchausen syndrome by proxy. As like Munchausen syndrome, the exact cause of Munchausen syndrome by proxy is not known. 
But the researchers at the moment are looking at the roles of biological and psychological factors in the development of this syndrome. It's very, very similar to the Munchausen syndrome. A lot of the theories that are coming out suggest that a history of abuse or neglect as a child or an early loss of a parent may be the factors in its development. And some evidence suggests that a major stress, such as a marital problem, can actually trigger the Munchausen syndrome by proxy in the caregiver as they are wanting to bring the other partner back by getting the attention by saying that the child is actually ill. How common is Munchausen syndrome by proxy? To be honest, like Munchausen syndrome, there is no reliable statistics regarding the number of people in the world who suffer from this syndrome. With it being such a deceptive syndrome, it's hard to get accurate numbers. And it's difficult to assess how common the disorder is because a lot of cases will go undetected. So I think the major thing is how is Munchausen syndrome by proxy diagnosed? As we saw with Munchausen syndrome, it is a bit of a a hazy diagnosis. You need to have a healthcare professional who is very on top of things and has possibly seen this syndrome before to be able to recognize it. So diagnosing Munchausen syndrome by proxy is very difficult because of the dishonesty that is involved. The doctors must rule out any possible physical illness as a cause of a child syndrome before the diagnosis of, of Munchausen's syndrome by proxy can be made. If a physical cause of the symptoms is not found, a thorough review of the child's medical history, as well as a review of the family history and the parent's medical history, may provide clues to suggest that Munchausen syndrome by proxy. We need to also remember, and any physician, psychologist, psychiatrist needs to remember that it is the adult, not the child, who is diagnosed with a Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Given this very hazy diagnostic, it's very hard to see how Munchausen syndrome by proxy would be treated. The first concern in the Munchausen by proxy is to ensure the safety and protection of any real or potential victims. This may require that the child be placed in the care of another. In fact, managing a case involving Munchausen by proxy often requires a team that includes a social worker, foster care organisations and law enforcement as well as doctors. It's a big task to take on. Successful treatment of people with Munchausen by proxy is difficult because those with the disorder often deny that there is a problem. And in addition, treatment success is dependent on the person telling the truth. Um, Munchausen by proxy sufferers tend to be such accomplished liars that they begin to have trouble telling fact from fiction. If you do get someone who is willing to acknowledge that they do have this syndrome, psychotherapy is usually the way to go. 
This generally focuses on the changing of the thinking and behavior of the individual with the disorder using CBT. And the goal of the therapy for the Munchausen by proxy is to help the person identify the thoughts and feelings that are contributing to the behavior and to learn to form relationships that are not associated with being ill. The biggest thing I think is, um, what is the outlook for the victims of the people with Munchausen syndrome by proxy? So the disorder can actually lead to serious short and long-term complications including continued abuse, multiple hospitalizations, and sometimes the death of the victim. The research that is going around suggests that the death rate of victims of the Munchausen by proxy is about 10%, but as I said before, the research is very limited because of the people actually admitting to whether they have this disorder. And unfortunately, in some situations, a child victim of a Munchausen syndrome by proxy learns to relate getting the attention of being sick and develops Munchausen syndrome themselves. I think what needs to be remembered is, in general, Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy of very difficult disorders to treat and require years of therapy and support. And in addition to this, Munchausen syndrome by proxy is considered a form of child abuse, which is a criminal offence. Moving on now to some cases of Munchausen by proxy. Ever since the shocking, lurid and heartbreaking story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother Dee Dee first hit the internet on BuzzFeed News in 2016, there has been a renewed fascination with children who suffer at the hands of parents with Munchausen by proxy syndrome. There have been plenty of other disturbing Munchausen by proxy syndrome cases in the news over the last few decades, and they all go to prove, sadly, that the story of the Blanchards did not happen in a vacuum. I'm not going to be covering the story of Gypsy Rose or her mother Dee Dee, as I think that will actually take a whole episode. But if you would like to see anything surrounding that case, I highly recommend HBO's Mummy Dead and Dearest. And that delves into the real nitty gritty details of the case, but I will be covering that separately because I just think it's such a massive case. I can't just put it under the umbrella of this today. Mary Beth Tinning. Tinning's story spans from about 1967 to 1985 and involves the births of her nine children who are suspected of having been murdered at the hands of their mother, often shortly after their birth. It is thought that only one child, Jennifer, died of natural causes at eight days old. Her siblings, however, would not live past the age of four. 
Tinning would frequently bring her infant children to the emergency room, one after the other, where they were treated for symptoms like seizures and cardiac arrest. In Tinning's hometown, locals apparently whispered the family had the death gene. And by the time of Tinning's fifth child died, doctors believed it was simply a rampant string of SIDS-related deaths. When you are a parent, you are so aware of SIDS and how to prevent this. Babies are so fragile and they are so dependent on their caregivers to look after them. Children are, even my five-year-old now, he may think that he's independent, but he still relies on me for a lot, which so he should. In the end, Tinning was only convicted in the death of her youngest child, Tammy Lynn. She was charged with second-degree murder and sentenced 20 years to life in prison, where she is still incarcerated. Lacey Spears. This one is quite chilling to the bone, and it is the case of Lacey Spears, which happened in 2016. She was a popular blogger who was convicted in the death of her son, Garnet, after poisoning him with salt. Rolling Stone's account of Spears' treatment of Garnet is haunting. Unbeknownst to Lacey's faithful supporters, she had been secretly poisoning her child with life-threatening doses of salt through a feeding tube. It was then revealed that Spears had asked a neighbour to enter her home and dispose of Garnet's feeding bag, which was allegedly filled with the equivalent of 69 packets of salt. I just think this is disgusting. Getting attention as a blogger in this day and age, I suppose getting attention on the internet is the easiest way of getting, as people say, clout. Leslie Wilford. This case I mentioned in last week's episode, but I feel it also deserves to be in this category too. Winfred's case is puzzling because it involves her faking a pregnancy with twins and their so-called deaths. In 2008, Wilfred called her family from the hospital to tell her family that the twins were stillborn at five months. And Wilfred reported to her family that each child had taken one breath before they passed away. Following the family's funeral for the twins, where Wilfred had specified they'd be cremated and buried in teddy bear-shaped urns, it was revealed that the twins never existed at all. Leslie Wilfred was not capable of getting pregnant, as she had had her tubes tied prior to her marriage to her current and second husband, Crisp. The ultrasound photos were of some other woman's child lifted from an unknown website, and the urns were filled with nothing but air. 
It was later revealed that Wilfred had not only faked a pregnancy, but had been also making her other children incredibly sick over the years. She pled guilty to several counts of child cruelty and is serving an eight-year sentence with 30 years probation. Hope Ybarra. Ybarra's story is one which combines both forms of Munchausen's, just like Wilfred's. For years, Ybarra claimed she was sick with leukemia, going so far as to shave her hair and her eyebrows to give her the impression of her condition. Ybarra would update a personal blog constantly with news of her condition, even going so far as to discuss what colours she had picked out for her casket. Ybarra's young daughter was also reportedly suffering from an unknown illness, which later proved to be tied to her mother's Munchausen's. Ybarra was never sick, and neither was her youngest daughter, until Ybarra poisoned her with some stolen pathogens that sent the children into aphylactic shock. Later, the Fort Worth mother admitted to using nasal spray to alter the results of a sweat test for cystic fibrosis, and draining her daughter's blood little by little with a syringe. Ybarra is currently incarcerated. She was eligible for parole in 2019, but as yet has not been released. Sandy Gregory Parakai The story of Gregory Parakai emerged when her daughter, Julie Gregory, spoke of her mother's alleged abuses in her book, Sickened, The True Story of a Lost Childhood. In the book, Gregory claimed that her mother would abuse her in ways that might present as Munchausen by proxy, including one instance when she allegedly used to dig through her mother's purse looking for her special suckers which turned out to be a packet of matches that she was encouraged to eat. While there is some dispute about the veracity of Gregory's memoirs, her mother was never actually convicted of any crime. It still remains an intriguing example of how Munchausen by proxy can be used to pathologize childhood trauma, as well as how the reputation of the syndrome has been readily applied, and potentially inappropriately so, to the graphic accounts of alleged child abuse. These are just a few examples of the Munchausen by proxy cases that are known and documented for public record, but they remain nonetheless as fascinating as they are disturbing. Unfortunately, like its parent syndrome, there is no known way to prevent this disorder. I suppose what makes Munchausen by proxy so disturbing is that as a parent or caregiver of a child or anyone who is in your care, you are meant to put their best interests first. I couldn't imagine any mother wanting to make her child sick or ill for attention. It's 
so upsetting when your child is ill and you want nothing more than to take their pain away. I'll tell you on a few occasions that my son has been sick, I have wanted to feel his pain rather than him. The problem with diagnosing Munchausen by proxy is because as caregivers, as parents, as mothers, as fathers, we are meant to care. We are meant to show caring if our child is sick and a medical professional is not automatically going to jump to the conclusion that you are harming your child. So these handful of cases that we've discussed are really just a handful. We wouldn't really know how many cases are actually out there. As mentioned earlier, like Munchausen syndrome, the syndrome of Munchausen by proxy is so shrouded in deception and the patients are so good at lying that it's it's un it's hard to know how many cases would actually be out there and how many children are suffering from this. So my sources for today was for WebMD for the Munchausen by proxy um, diagnosis and how to treat it and all the background into Munchausen syndrome. I also used um, a site that I didn't even know existed, which I'm actually quite happy that I found it, called Villainpedia, which I got the information about Mrs. Collins in the Sixth Sense film. I actually thought that was quite good. I've actually done a deep dive into that website now. I also used a Bustle article. Um, um, it's called These Munchausen by Proxy Cases Are Horrifying. And that was written by Ali Gemmel. Thank you for listening to another episode of Macabre for Mortals. If you like this podcast, please subscribe for more content. Please join our Facebook group, Macabre for Mortals podcast. Or if you have any stories that you would like me to cover, then please email them to macabreformortals at gmail.com. Next week, I will be covering the historical executions and why we have such a fascination with them. See you next week. Bye.